Good morning. Welcome to Horizon at Home. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors of Horizon. I'm so glad you're joining us this morning for the second message in our series, Shift Happens. How do we move from what was to what will be? Five or six months ago, a big shift happened in our lives. Chris and I went from having our kids in, in preschool every day to having them home with us in the mornings. We were figuring out how to work our jobs and provide childcare for our children. It was quite difficult. The plan that we came up with though was that I would work with the kids in the morning. I would do some little activities and, and fun learning things with the kids in the morning while Chris worked and then we would flip flop in the afternoon. Chris would do fun activities with them in the afternoon and I would do some work. One morning I found myself outside. I had planned in my head all night I was gonna teach the kids about sea turtles. So I got these plastic bins from my house I put some sand and some water in the bins. I got these little turtles that the kids play with in the, in the bath. I put them in this plastic bin and I was gonna teach the kids all about sea turtles. My kids are two years old and three years old. And so I'm, I'm sitting outside and I'm teaching them about the ecosystem of the ocean, how the tides work. I was teaching them about how the, the life cycle of the turtle, how it, there's a mom and the, there's a hatchling and there's an egg and there's a juvenile and this is what the life cycle looks like and this is what size they are. And all of a sudden I'm outside teaching this amazing lesson and I look up and my two-year-old and my three-year-old are inside with their dad crying because they don't like my lesson that I'm teaching them. Chris brings them outside and and he says, Erica, I know you were a seventh grade math and science teacher, and I know you were a good one, but Emma's two and David's three, and they don't understand the word ecosystem, and they don't really care about the tides or the life cycle. They just want to play with the sand and the water. Can you let them just explore for a minute? And I was like, yes, I got it. I realized that I had made this, this morning activity me-centered, and not kid-centered. I wanted them to learn about ecosystems and habitats and tidal cycles and, and life cycles. And I, I wanted them to learn big and new words. I, I wanted them to do all the things I wanted them to do. And I had forgotten the most important thing that I'm supposed to do in the mornings. And that was engage the kids. I had a me-centered plan for the morning, not a kid-centered plan. I think if we if Nehemiah was here to talk to us, he would remind us of those moments in our lives where we made a plan about ourselves and we, we forgot about the people around us. I, I think Nehemiah would tell us that he was living a Nehemiah-centered life. And this is why Nehemiah had a great job. He worked for a king. He had all the resources and power and prestige that he ever needed. And he liked it. He was excited about it. But there, there became this shift happening in the world around Nehemiah. And God invited Nehemiah to move from what was, from a good position with power and prestige and money and all the things he'd ever wanted, to, to a life that was more God-centered. He invited Nehemiah to move from being, being the right-hand man for the king in a faraway place to move back home and to live out the job that God had for him in Israel. Nehemiah had to decide if, if he was going to participate in this God-centered plan or if he was going to stay with the Nehemiah-centered plan. And after fasting, after not eating and praying, calling out to God, he realized that the best shift for his life to move from what was to what would be would be to put God at the center of his life. 
And so he shows up at work one day after praying and not eating. And the king, his boss, looks at me. He's like, Nehemiah, is everything okay? And Nehemiah's like, actually, everything's not okay. I just heard that the place where I grew up, my hometown is destroyed. I heard that the walls that, that protected the city, the walls in which I found and connected to God, the walls in which my family made memories and experiences, they've been torn down. The city gates of Jerusalem have been burned. The Babylonians, these folks from outside of Israel had come in and they had absolutely and completely destroyed home. They had taken with it the joy and comfort and peace of being home for the people. And as I read this, I, I had to I had to sympathize with Nehemiah for a bit. I, I felt like in a lot of ways, COVID-19 has done that. It's, it's taken away the comfort and the joy and the peace. My kids aren't aren't doing the back to school thing like we thought they'd be doing right now. Instead, we're ordering masks and, and praying that they stay 10 feet away from other kids when childcare and preschools reopen. The city gates were burned. The things that, that, that brought beauty and peace and love have been burned. And there's so many things, the, the activities and experiences where we, where we get together with all of our friends, a lot of those things have been taken from us in this season of COVID-19. But God still wanted to use Nehemiah even in the midst of all of the shift that was happening. God still had a God-centered plan for Nehemiah to rebuild and redo something new. And this is what God told Nehemiah. You have to have a God-centered plan. That doesn't mean you have to know every single detail. It just means that, that the plan that you're going to stick with and move forward with from now on will, will keep me at the center. The circumstances and the things around you are going to shift and change. They're not going to stay the same. But your plan has to be centered on me, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah said, I'm in. And so he shows up at work and he tells the king the truth. So the first part of having a plan is it's real. You're able to articulate what's really happening. You're not overly optimistic. Nehemiah didn't go in to tell the king, I'm quitting my job today, king. I've decided to have a new boss. No, he went in and he said, king, I've been asked to do something else. My city, the place where I called home is laying in ruins and my people need me. He wasn't all doom and gloom either. He didn't say that it's destroyed and it's never going to be rebuilt and I'm never going to experience normal again and my life's going to be terrible. It was neither doom and gloom nor this overly optimistic plan. If you want a God-centered plan for your life, you've got to be real. You've got to be real. Look at the situation for real. The walls are torn down. The city gates are burned. Let's be real about that. But let's remember that with God at the center, that's never, you can never have complete doom and gloom. That will never be the complete end of the story. But you can't be overly optimistic. Things aren't magically going to be fixed tomorrow either. The first step of a God-centered plan Nehemiah teaches us is to be real. He looked at the king and he said, he looked at his boss and he said, things aren't great in my hometown and I need to go back there and I need to lead the people. He was real. The second thing that Nehemiah did, three times in chapter 2, you hear Nehemiah call out about God's gracious hand. He tells other people about the way that God's gracious hand is at work. He prays for God's gracious hand to be at work in his life. He, he, he opens his eyes and he begins to open his life to the, the majestic and magical things that God is doing all around him that make absolutely no sense. He was aware of God's gracious, God's kind, God's loving hand 
on his life, providing things that he doesn't deserve. So he looks at the king and he says, I need to go back home. And you know what the king looks at Nehemiah and says? The king of another country, not the king of Israel, the king of another place. He looks at Nehemiah and he says, what do you need to make that happen? That would be like if you look at your boss and say, hey, I'm ready to start a new company that does something similar to the company that I've been doing. And the boss looks at you and says, what resources can I do to support you? That doesn't happen often, right? God's gracious hand changed the heart of a king who provided the resources for Nehemiah. He said, whatever you need, Nehemiah, I'll give it to you. Nehemiah said, I need I need letters of recommendation. Literally, if you read in chapter two, he says, I need letters of recommendation. I need money. I need some, I need to know that I have resources to rebuild the wall. And the king, Nehemiah's boss says, whatever you need, Nehemiah, I'm going to give it to you. He recognizes God's gracious hand. A second God-centered plan recognizes and trusts that God's gracious hand is going to provide something that you could never imagine or do for your own, for your own self. What are those moments in your own life where if you looked back and you were honest that you were trying to live a God-centered plan, you were trying to move from what was to what would be, and the only way you can explain some of the resources or things that happened is because God's gracious and kind and loving hand was involved in it. What do you need to thank God for right now? What resources have just absolutely come available to you that you, that you shouldn't have, that are, that are beyond comprehension? God's gracious hand, God's good and loving hand is at work in your life when God is the center of your plan. So the first thing is that you're real with your plan. You're, you recognize what's really going on. You're not overly optimistic, but you're not all doom and gloom either, right? You're just real about what's going on. The second thing is that you recognize and trust God's gracious and good hand. And the third thing is that you trust that God is going to use you as a light. At the end of chapter 2, Nehemiah got, goes back to Israel. He's gathered these people around him. And he says to them, Will you, I, I, I want you to rebuild these walls with me. I want you to rebuild this, the walls of the city with me. And, and then he tells them about the way that God's gracious hand has provided all of this stuff for them. And the people say, we want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of that plan because it wasn't about what Nehemiah wanted. It was about what God wanted. And what God wanted for the people was for them to experience some joy and some peace and some comfort of home. And the way to do that was to rebuild the walls. The third piece of a God-centered plan is that it will be about being a light for Jesus. Your, the plan will no longer be about what you want for your life. The plan will no longer be about you and all of your things in life. Instead, it will be about how God will use you to be a light for Jesus in the world. It will be about you inviting people to rebuild the things that have been destroyed. It will be about you casting a vision for a new a new day. It will be about you saying, this is what was, but this is what can be. It will be about God using you for new possibilities and new days. A God-centered plan is real. A God-centered plan recognizes and relies on God's gracious and loving hand. And a God-centered plan always means that you are a light giving glory to Jesus in whatever you do. See, the people looked at Nehemiah and they said, let's rebuild this wall together. Let's begin this good work. People want to be a part. People want to be a part of being a light. They want to be a part of restoring and rebuilding the things of this world that, 
that have been and are being destroyed. And there's never been a more important time. As shifty things are changing all around us, there's never been a more important time for us to have a God-centered plan. Because me-centered plans are going to depend on schools reopening and childcare looking like this and my job looking like this and me going back and everything going back to normal. But a God-centered plan allows us to move from what was to what will be. A God-centered plan allows us to bring other people in and rebuild and restore things. But we cannot do that unless we are depending on the gracious and loving hand of God. I don't know about you, but the last six months, it's been really easy for me not to depend on and love and recognize God's gracious hand. If this morning you're watching and, and you're like, you know, it's been a long time since I've, I've even given credit to God's gracious hand. I know God's loving and gracious hand has got to be doing something around me. Can you take a break for just a moment? Close your eyes. Think about somebody or something that has reminded you that God's gracious and loving hand is on your life. Maybe you've never, ever trusted God's gracious hand. Maybe you know what it looks like to look at the things of your life that are crumbled, the things of your life feel burned up and destroyed. Maybe you know what that looks like all too well this morning and you've never trusted God's gracious hand to rebuild your life. Can you take a moment right now to ask God to be the center of the plan of your life? Can you ask God to be the center of your life? And God, folks, can we start being a light? Can we start rebuilding and doing the good work of God in the days and the months and the years ahead? Has COVID-19 destroyed a lot of things? Yes. But I also believe God has plans for our lives. And if we keep God at the center and depend on and rely on God's gracious hand, I believe there is a good, good work to be done. Will you pray with me this morning? God, for those of us this morning who have taken our plans into our own lives and need to put you back at the center, I ask your gracious hand to scoop us up, to give us love, and to offer us a new plan with you at the center. God, if there is someone watching this morning who's never ever trusted your hand, I pray God that they will trust you to be the center of their lives right now. And God, I pray you will use all of us to be a light for the good, good work that you have for us to do in this, your world. We love you. And we thank you that you call people like Nehemiah, people like me, people like whoever is watching this message or listening to this message right now. You call us to be a light for Jesus in this world. And God, you have a grand and wonderful plan to rebuild and restore this world. Use us. Use us in that way, God. We love